You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, and we are off and running on this Tuesday, September 1st. 1st of September. Hey there, you. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Plenty to do on this uh, Tuesday edition. Of course, you know the deal. One hour, we run through it all. Can I do it? Well, if you're a regular listener, you know, probably not. No, but you know what? Let's try. Let's get right to it. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question, going with a little NFL. Oh, a little NFL poll. Yeah, I can't do Yankees anymore, but we'll get to that in a minute. We got the NBA playoffs to talk about. The football's gearing up. The Giants making a move yesterday you have to like. My fantasy football mush tendencies paying immediate dividend. Did I tell you, people? Did I tell you just yesterday? I don't even think it's 24 hours old. I don't know how many of you had fantasy drafts yesterday, but if you got the information that I gave you yesterday, you might have already benefited. But let's start with the baseball. Let's get that out of the way right away. Yankees lose the Rays last night 5-3 because... That's what they do now. That's who they are now. They've now lost six in a row to Tampa, now one and seven against them this year. Uh, and uh, last night, lots of different issues between uh, Garrett Cole, between the offense. But let's go macro before we go the micro. And the macro is, it's pretty clear the Yankees are not winning the division, right? I, I think that that's uh, starting to slow. I know they still have half the season to play here, or a little less than half. What is it, 27 games to go? They're four and a half back. Uh, which is not insurmountable, but I don't know. They don't have that many games left with the Rays to begin with, so it's pretty clear they're not catching them now that they're four and a half back. And one of the big reasons why is they're never healthy. The Yankees are never healthy, and the fact that they're not ever healthy, they haven't really played that well in quite some time. You know, three wins against the Mets is not playing well. So between Judge and Glaber and Stanton and Paxton, and the list goes on and on and on. Even when you get those guys healthy, the next question is, will they stay healthy? And at least the answer so far has been no. So I don't have a whole lot of confidence that the Yankees are going to be uh, competing for the division this year. That doesn't mean that they're, I mean, they're, they're going to the playoffs. We know that that's already a lock. But And really, the American League playoff teams are pretty much a lock. I mean, I know most teams have you know 25 to 27 games to go. Uh, they really don't even need to play those games because there's not that many teams that are even really trying to uh, make the playoffs this year in the American League. And uh, the Yankees, luckily, are one of them. So uh, they will be one of the playoff teams. But, you know, one of the big focuses last night was Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole back on the mound, the type of game. I don't want to say the type of game you get him for because it's a regular season game. And Garrett Cole, you're really getting him not just to lead the rotation during the regular season, but to make big postseason starts, pitch deep into games, kind of save your bullpen so that you're not going to them in the third, fourth, fifth inning. But Garrett Cole was the focus uh, a lot last night because he has not pitched lights out so far. He's been fine. I mean, his, his numbers are right in line with where they were last year. But with the lineup in tatters, and unlike last year, got, you know the next man up is not really stepping up. There's going to be more focus on Garrett Cole because of the contract and all that type of stuff. But let's let's focus on the lineup first and foremost because to me, 
that is the the primary engine that runs the Yankees. Yes, you want Garrett Cole to pitch great. You want the bullpen to be lights out. But day in, day out, the Yankees win because they score more runs than the other team, and it's because the offense is so much better than most of the other teams that they go up against. And there's been guys this year that have performed. DJ's performed. Luke Voigt's been fantastic. Uh, Clint Frazier has been sensational and has to play every single day, even if and when guys get healthy and, and stay healthy. And Urshela's had some big hits here and there. But again, last night, the, the lineup was a complete non-factor. Gary Sanchez, despite the big grand slam that I guess, uh, you know, the, the Yankee fan who is constantly defending the team against any criticism at all, and maybe they're just taking the, uh, the, the, the cues from the manager, because God forbid anybody ever say anything negative about anybody on the team. You know, Gary Sanchez 0 for 4 last night. Brett Gardner has been just about as bad as we touched on yesterday. And Duhar, who's not with the team right now, he's been a non-factor. Even other guys who, who stepped up last night, you, you know, you look at Mike Talkman's batting average or his on-base percentage, and they're kind of in line with where they are, where they were last year. And he was such a, a positive find last year. But the power numbers have dropped off. Aaron Hicks can't ever stay healthy. And, you know, the main point is the Yankees don't ever score runs. They don't score runs against the Rays. They don't consistently score runs. They're now, according to um, Katie Sharp, five for their last 51 with runners in scoring positions. So they are now hitting under 100 against the Rays with runners in scoring position, and it ain't exactly like they get opportunities inning in and inning out. Uh, there's the, the opportunities are few and far between. Tyler Glass now certainly uh, shut down the Yankees last night. Now, as for Garrett Cole, it seems like there is now this Garrett Cole panic that, oh, my God, he, you know what? He's not going out there and uh, striking out 10 and pitching seven innings every single year. I mean, I think he's been okay. Uh, I would say he has been... I guess slightly disappointing, and it's okay to say that. That's not panicking to say that. That's just reality. And it almost feels like there has to be this constant spin coming from the manager. Well, no, his, his, his arm looks great. This looks great. That looks great. Well, I know this year is always going to be a tough year to judge, but Garrett Cole, I mean, his numbers this year, if you go back and look at with where he was at this point last year, I think it's through eight or nine starts as the ERA last year was, was over four. And it wasn't really until um, this time, but of course, the, the season last year was different because you're playing in April and May and June, um, that he really started to get on a roll and his numbers consistently dropped each and every start pretty much. He gives up home runs. He's now, I think, leading the league in home runs given up in 12. Uh, you know, generally, not last night, but generally you're not going to string hit after hit after hit against him. He's not generally going to put guys on with walks. So I, I wouldn't be uh, – I know that there's this level, it seems like, of panic that Garrett Cole, maybe it's because of the contract, maybe it's because of the reputation, whatever it is, he has not lived up and he has certainly not exceeded expectations. But after the year he had last year – it would be tough to exceed that, but you'd like to see him pitch as close to that as humanly possible considering the contract that he received. So let's hear from uh, – do we have some Aaron Boone there, Brian? Yeah, let's hear from some Aaron Boone and get some spin on uh, just uh, what's going on. Maybe we could use some more spin on Garrett Cole's pitches, but let's hear uh, from uh, Aaron Boone. I think just command-wise he was a little off um, and, and not and not frankly a lot. You know, a lot of close pitches – 
that they did a good job with, and he and he made a couple mistakes, you know, um, you know when he was trying to get it to a spot and and yanked a couple on the homers, the Kiermaier homer, you know, trying to go away with that, and I think just pulled it into kind of the nitro zone, and then Choi is a tough matchup, trying to backdoor the slider, but probably just a little too much of the plate. Um, you know, I thought he competed really well for having all kinds of traffic and, and kind of managed his way through it. Um, and I thought, actually similar to Atlanta, I, I, I feel like he is getting into that midseason form where in his delivery, the stuff's coming out very easy. Um, you know, I think it's just, just tightening up that elite command, which makes him, you know, Garrett Cole, which makes him an ace. So, but but they, they strung, you know, a lot of tough at-bats against him. All right, so there's Aaron Boone. Uh, he's now, as I mentioned before, Cole has given up 12 home runs. Is that surprising to you? I mean, it, look, it's a little surprising. Um, I, I think that'll, as we as we go here, I think ho- hopefully that continues to come down as he just continues to execute a little bit better. Um, you know, but I also think, you know, anytime you're going up an, uh, against an ace like Garrett, you know, from a game planning standpoint, you know, I think guys um, sell out for some things a little differently than they normally would, and and sometimes those mistakes can turn into slug. So I think he's been bitten by that, obviously, a little bit here in a few outings, but I don't expect it to become a trend. Okay, that that one I would agree with, that the, the home runs is not really all that surprising. You know, guys, get, I can't remember what the exact numbers were last year, but I think it was about half the runs that were scored against Garrett Cole last year were scored on home runs. Uh, that was also the case with Justin Verlander last year, so that really is not that surprising. To hear Aaron Boone, you know, basically, well, no, Cole is, you know, right where you want him to be, basically. Uh, and uh, that, uh, you know, things are, it's not really a struggle at all. After watching the performance last night, I, I just, it seems like you're watching two completely different games. Uh, here's Garrett Cole on why it was a struggle. Just made some, made some bad pitches um, in some spots where they put good swings and then fell behind a lot of left-handers tonight. Um, you know, I felt maybe the one bright spot was limiting uh, as best we could and, um, you know, but they were, they were just, they were on it and we, we weren't making enough good pitches. All right. There we go. Garrett Cole. So, uh, yeah, I think he has clearly, uh, you know, it's been a little disappointing. It has not been uh, the lights out performance, but I don't think that it can be really all that, you know, surprising considering this is exactly, you would sign for what he did last year. And this essentially so far is what he did last year. So um, I, I don't think that it's panic time, but uh, it is uh, slightly disappointing. Also slightly disappointing that the Yankees couldn't make uh, even a single move before the trade deadline. Again, not a shock. I think last year not making a move before the deadline was more shocking. Uh, but not a shock because of the year that it is, and not a shock because it seems like the Yankees are more content now to just kind of play the long game. And I get it. This is not the season to risk, but... You're going to be in the playoffs anyway, but it seems like they never want to really go all in by any uh, on any individual season. Uh, that they're more content to to you know kind of play the long game, hold on to the players, don't make it what the numbers tell them that they will follow the numbers a hundred percent of the time. And sometimes, yeah, the, playing the numbers over the long haul is the right approach. But sometimes the numbers have to kind of be damned. You have to kind of be willing to, to kind of go all in on a season. And again, this is not the season to do that. 
but it does kind of feel, you know, when you're a fan of the Yankees, that is kind of the expectation is that it's it's to, to go out and win. It's not to kind of play the long game because um, uh, it's frustrating that way. But as I said, especially because the Yankees are going to the playoffs, even with the losses to Tampa, even with the injuries, even with the rotation being a mess, even with the short season, even with all the struggles that they've had recently, which seemed like it's been going on now for a month, uh, even with all that, Yankee playoff odds currently, according to ESPN.com, 98.6. That seems like it's pretty good. 98 out of 100, that seems like it's pretty high. And as I said, the American League is pretty set. It's going to be the Rays. It's going to be the Yankees. It's going to be the Blue Jays. It's going to be the White Sox. It's going to be the Indians. It's going to be the Twins. It's going to be the A's and the Astros. So those are your playoff teams. It just kind of matters how, you know, in what position they turn out to be. And for the Yankees, they're not going to win the division, I don't think. But it's about getting healthy and playing a whole lot better by the time the playoffs roll around in three weeks than they are playing right now. As for the Mets, lost the Marlins yesterday 5-3, made some, some minor moves before the deadline, not anything all that shocking. Although, you know, the guy they gave up uh, to the Orioles, Kevin Smith, 23 years old, you know, I was looking at his numbers. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen him pitch, but he seems like he's a, a pretty good prospect. Now, he's only, the, I think, the 11th prospect in the Mets organization. But at AA, ERA of 2.75, strikeout per nine of just over 10, 158 Ks and 140 innings and a whip of 117. I mean, I've never seen him pitch, but that sounds pretty good. That, so- that sounds like a lot more to give up than, than what they got back. But I guess the takeaway for Mets fans is don't complain. You can't say... At this time yesterday, you don't want Brody making a move, and I agree with you. I wouldn't want him making a move either. And then when he essentially, you know, I mean, they got Todd Frazier. They made a couple of moves here or there. But when he doesn't make a move, you can't say that you're upset. Now, unlike the American League, the National League is a much more wide-open playoff picture. But unless something changes, it's not going to include the Mets. The Mets now 15 and 20 on the year. They got 25 games. See how quickly I figured that out? 15 and 20. Minus, to take that of some 60, 25 games. Boom. Fast math. Uh, but they're not going anyplace fast. You know, it's great that DeGrom is still DeGrom. And the best thing the Mets have going for them is that it's next to impossible to play yourself out of the NL playoff picture. If you want teams that have already kind of eliminated themselves from the playoff picture with about 25 games to go, uh, the list is the Pirates. They did it. Outside of them, one good week, and you too could be a contender. The question is, are the Mets ever going to have a good week? Because they followed up giving away three games to the Yankees by putting their ace on the mound and losing to the Marlins. Not exactly uh, moving in the right direction. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll do a little NFL. Have not done some NFL in a while. The, the season starts September 10th today, September 1st. So let's focus on a little NFL. And the poll question going up momentarily on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I stumbled across this ESPN uh, Power Rankings Yesterday, And I don't, generally don't get uh, too worked up about the power rankings. But, you know, it starts out with one and two and three. And you, you kind of go down to see, you know, where are the Jets? Where are the Giants? And uh, spoiler alert, you had to go down mm, pretty far in the article to uh, find the Jets and the Giants. They had the uh, Jets ranked 27th. They had the Giants ranked 29th. So our poll question is today, which team do you think has a better chance to exceed 
expectations? Is it gangrene or is it big blue? A couple of things uh, NFL related. Well, for, well, first, the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And it's all about the uh, Jets and Giants. And you can vote on it there. And it is, uh, you know, I was taking a look at, uh, you know, starting to get ready for the NFL season. Have been for the last couple of weeks. And I feel like in terms of a sports sense, nothing is going to make the world feel more normal than the kickoff of the NFL season. Like we got the NBA, you know, to get sports back in general has been nice, but it has not felt 100% normal, has it, right? Like the baseball games with no fans in the stands, the NBA, you know, games taking place in the bubble, my Islanders, my New York Islanders who are back in action tonight trying to finish off the Flyers in five games. But it has not felt normal. And I don't think that anything is going to make it feel normal because you're going to have NFL games taking place. Even if games are taking place with fans in the stands, um, it's not going to be total capacity. It's not going to feel like a normal season. But I think that the closest you can get to feeling normal in a sports sense, it's certainly not the U.S. Open, <laughs> which is taking place in Flushing Meadow. Um, but no, what's going to make you feel the most normal, I think, as a sports fan is the NFL because the NFL is, is, is king. And, uh, you know, the old line about you could talk about the uh, the NFL in the middle of June and uh, fans would be pumped up because it is our, uh, for lack of a better term, it is our national religion. So uh, I was looking at some, you know, the NFL stuff felt like today was a good day to kind of break it out with it being the 1st of September and uh, the expectations for the Jets and Giants, which uh, in case you haven't been paying attention are not high. Not high expectations for either team. Jets, according to the ESPN Power Rankings, 27th out of 32. And uh, the Giants, 29th out of 32. So certainly not uh, big expectations there. But our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, which team do you think has the uh, chance to uh, exceed expectations? That is not just um, you know that power rankings list. Uh, according to Vegas, Jets over-under this year, 6.5. Giants over-under, is six. Look, I don't have high expectations for either team. I don't think most people do. But the Jets are at least wins and losses wise coming off a far more uh, positive year with the way things ended last year as opposed to how things started. If I had to pick a team that I was more optimistic about going into the season, I guess I'd have to kind of pick the Giants. I, I feel like the Giants at least. Not that they may be the most talented team overall by any stretch, but I feel like their offense at least has the potential. It doesn't feel like they're they're turning to scraps here to try and just put something out there. And it feels like the Jet the Jets, despite being you know drafting high, it seems like every single year they don't seem to have the star power of some teams, right? Like it would be one thing if you have, you know, star player here, but you don't have the depth. They don't have the star power and they don't have the depth. At least the Giants, I'm not saying they have necessarily star power. At least it feels like they have some depth at positions. Now, whether or not they are able to play as, as you know, as a unit, there's a lot of things that they need to overcome in a very strange season with a rookie head coach and a new scheme and a quarterback in, in year two. But no, I mean, if I had to, um, if I had to pick a team, and I mean, basically their over unders are the same. Are are either team going to win seven games? Uh, and which team is more likely to do that? Uh, I think it would be the Giants, and they kind of need to do that. 
they have been the worst team, as we, you know everybody has pointed out, over the last three years, and especially the last two years. The season has been essentially over as soon as it began. So the expectations for the Giants, uh, maybe part of the exceeding expectations, are, is because the expectations are so low. So, but uh, I, if I had a pick, I would say uh, the Giants because, as as you probably know, not the biggest Gase fan in the world. Didn't think it was the worst hire at the time, but uh, at least in year one, it w- did not go well. It did not go well, and and the wins that they got down the stretch. While look, it's nice to get wins anytime you can get wins. Uh, it doesn't really. I've seen too many examples of bad teams that I've either rooted for or watched. And people floating the idea that there will be a carryover from one year to the next. Uh, I have yet to see that be the example. And I don't think the Jets are going to be that example. But, again, you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. At Gordon Damer. A couple other NFL things. And certainly taking your phone calls at 1-800-919-ESPN. A couple other things from the NFL yesterday. Jags uh, released Leonard Fournette, which I guess uh, came as a surprise. Mostly... It's surprising that I had not taken Leonard Fournette. No, I was able to steer away from him, which only means that when Leonard Fournette finds his next team, once he clears waivers and he's just free to sign wherever he wants, he will end up in a far better situation. Now, if I had drafted, if I fantasy team had taken Leonard Fournette, he would uh, go to even a worse situation. I don't know what that worse situation would be, but believe me, my track record is that strong. Uh, but we were talking about uh, the football and the Jags, and uh, they're clearly tanking. I mean, there's there's no argument to be made that they're not, right? I mean, they just released a 24-year-old running back. They drafted fourth overall three years ago, or four years ago, after he just had his best season and had 1,600 yards combined. And what did they get out? What, what's the benefit? Uh, nothing. <laughs> so if that's not an example of tanking, uh, I don't know what is. Now, people have said that he might not be the best locker room presence, but unless he is walking in, pulling the old Brian Cox, flipping the double middle fingers, I can't imagine that he would be so bad that you would just simply release him uh, after not being able to trade him for anything. Now, again, that kind of tells you the state of the, the running back market that you're not able to get anything for the guy. But I was listening to uh, Max Kellerman's show yesterday, and he had Warren Sharp on, who's always an interesting guest. And, you know, he said that um, the problem with their tanking, the Jaguars tanking, is is it the same people in charge? And that generally does not turn out to be the case. Maybe it will turn out to be the case, right? Maybe the Jaguars will have this, uh, this season where they get the number one pick in the draft, and the people that are running the show there, maybe not the coach, but the GM, maybe those people will stay in place. But the problem is with ta- the biggest problem with tanking is that no organization has the patience warranted. And in this case, I don't think it's warranted because uh, the, the people that are running the show there, they have kind of already dismantled what was a team that was competing for an AFC title just a few years ago. And they were in the top five of the draft, I think it was for six or seven straight years. So they, they got good in a short period of time, uh, or excuse me, in a long period of time, and tore it down in a short period of time. So, But the problem with tanking generally is that organizations never have the patience. The Sixers didn't have the patience to see it through with Sam Hinkie. The Browns didn't see it through. Miami, 
They were tanking last year until they got some negative stories. I think it was in week four about how they were going to get guys hurt. And it's, it's the organization is not carrying themselves as a professional organization. And of course, as soon as they got that criticism, they abandoned their plan because they're dumb. So that's the first thing about Leonard Fournette is it's clear that the Jags are tanking their season. Secondly, my other thing is, has uh, he signed with New England yet? <laughs> because that's, I feel like that's just a matter of time. Like if I said Leonard Fournette, you don't know about anybody's interest in him as of yet. It just seems like the kind of move that New England, oh yeah, we'll take a flyer on him for a year, bring him in, he'll have 1,200 yards, he'll be you know the player that everybody kind of thought he was going to be coming out of college. And that's the thing about Fournette. First two years, he was actually kind of disappointing. Last year was the first year that he actually you know put up some, some, some really strong numbers. Um, but I know others have brought it up. But just when you thought the Bears taking Mitch Trubisky or moving up to take Mitch Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson was the worst move ever, uh, that worst move ever didn't take very long to, to find something that topped it because I think you'd have to say taking a running back over those two guys because you already had Blake Bortles. Uh, I think that one tops it. I don't know which is worse, moving up for the quarterback and giving up draft capital or sticking with someone who it was pretty clear at the time was never going to be a franchise quarterback, but you were sticking with them because you wanted to see your plan. Speaking about not having the patience to see your plan through, that, that's a bad sign of patience. Seeing your plan through when the plan is Blake Bortles. Paul isolated, jab steps, swiped out. Depp's back fires a wing three for the ties on line. Cha-ching! And the mighty ball is he something? It's deadlocked at 98. Chris Paul with cold ice water in those veins. Six straight points. All right, so there you go. Thunder uh, pulling off the game. Six win last night. Chris Paul, 28 points. Thunder beat the Rockets 104 to 100. So that series is headed to game seven. I don't ever like it when the the end. I know they they're kind of forced to do it, especially this year. But it happens other years too. I never like the the one round to be started when the first round is still going on. And what a disappointment that would be for the Rockets to get knocked out in the first round. I think that they'll probably win a, a game seven. I think they're a more talented team than um, the uh, than the than the Thunder. But um, look, it's going to a game seven. And the other thing that I'm sure is going to be a running theme today. Like I like to, I, I like to be able to forecast certain things, and I can forecast for you that a big theme today is that the Bucks are already in trouble. The Milwaukee Bucks are already in trouble. Nothing is more overrated than game ones, especially. I feel like especially in the NBA, game ones I feel like are outliers more than than the other games. And you saw that everybody loses their minds on the results of a game one. Because I guess that's all the evidence you have, right? That's the, 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 the sum total of the performance so far. And the Blazers in the Lakers series, that was a perfect example. All oh, Blazers, Lakers are in trouble. Didn't turn out that way. So the Heat beat the Bucks last night, 115-104. Jimmy Butler uh, had 40. Giannis was not great. So I'm sure everyone's going to tell you today throughout all the different shows. The Heat, they're designed to beat the Bucks. They're the type of team they're going to be able to hit enough threes consistently to, to take down that Bucks defense. Uh, we'll see. It, it might happen, uh, but I'm skeptical. Uh, and I'm not even that big of a believer in the Bucks. 
But uh, I think that game ones are largely very overrated. So we'll see what uh, kind of response uh, Milwaukee has. And then when they make that response, can the Heat respond to that response? It's a battle of responses. Secondly, how can you tie this into the Knicks court? Well, when we run down, like when we think back, if you're old enough to remember when the Knicks were actually like a functioning NBA team, if not a title contender, when you look at where, where would you pinpoint where the downward spiral began? I think a lot of people, it was the Ewing trade. Right, that that started the whole thing about the the salary cap, which they've finally been able to kind of work themselves out of since then, or maybe it's the Isaiah regime, or it's you know this draft pick or that draft pick or the Mellow trade. If you really want to do the deep dive, if you really want to do the thirty for thirty, where you really, I think you'd have to go back to allowing Pat Riley to leave when he did. It has now been 25, this is his 25th year in Miami. And when Riley was here, he wasn't here, what was he here, for four years? I think he was here for four years. Allowing him to leave when it was, he realized at the time, you know what, to be a real contender, we're going to have to kind of rebuild, and he wanted more power. And uh, the Knicks clearly at that time were not willing to give it to him. So he found somebody who was uh, willing to do it. And, you know, in the moment, it was uh, a very controversial thing. You know, Pat, Pat the Rat and coming back to the Garden. And at that time, he was the coach. Now he's the, the executive kind of running the show down there. Uh, lots of times there are, there's back and forth, right, in terms of moves made. And was it the right move? Was it the wrong move? And, and depending on where you are in the timeline, the answer might be different. I think now that we've had... More than enough time to go through all the different examples. I think it's pretty clear the Knicks allowing Pat Riley to walk out the door when they did. Bad move. (laughs) They probably should have held on to that guy. They probably should have held on to that guy. Um, All right, so we were talking about the the football earlier, and the poll question is up for today. It is on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and it is about uh, the Giants and Jets. Who needs a little football optimism on this Tuesday morning? Well, I have for you... The Jets and Giants. And the, the poll question is which team has a, a better chance to exceed expectations. I did like the move. I think everybody did, right? Has there been any criticism of the Giants landing Logan Ryan yesterday? I don't think so. Not, nothing not to like, right? A, a good winning player, not expensive, so a solid move, filling a need for the Giants there after it looked like, you know, it was more about Logan Ryan picking the Giants that it was the Giants picking Logan Ryan, right? Like more teams were interested in Logan Ryan than it seems like he had interest in other teams. So good for, good move for them. Certainly is uh, one that, especially with the uh, Xavier McKinney injury and how long he's going to be out, uh, even without that injury, I think it's a good move. Logan Ryan's a, a good player who's uh, you know been around the block and has the connection to uh, Joe Judge from his time in New England. Uh, but the other not good move I brought up yesterday, I told you, about my fantasy football draft from over the weekend. And not to brag, and not because anyone would ever care. I, I have no disillusions about uh, my, uh, the importance of my fantasy team to you. But I simply brought it up to help you. Because that's what I'm about. You know, people sometimes will talk about me, and they'll say this thing or that thing about me, but I'm primarily about bringing people together. That's what I want. 
pain can be your reward. So I kind of ran down the different players that I had on my team and my, my fantasy football history, which is a disaster. It's a disaster year in and year out. And, and look, sometimes I make uh, questionable moves, but even when I don't make questionable moves, even when I make the right move in the moment, it turns out bad consistently. I'm just a mush when it comes to fantasy football. So I kind of ran down the team yesterday, told you I had the fourth pick. So with the fourth pick, I wanted to font. With the first pick, you know, you want to hit a home run. But for me, a lot of times, I want to remove any questions with the first pick. I just want somebody who is going to be someone I can rely on. I'm not trying to um, swing for the fences, per se. But I want somebody who I know I can rely on their production. And I thought, for me... Fourth pick, PPR league, you need a a running back who catches passes. I thought the perfect pick was Alvin Kamara. So Alvin Kamara was my guy, and I was kind of deciding between him, Michael Thomas, and Dalvin Cook. But before the draft, Adam Schefter, NFL information guru, comes out, talks about Dalvin Cook, and he's been out there for a while that he's unhappy with his contract, and there's a possibility of a holdout, that Schefter, who plays fantasy football, is very involved in fantasy football, he's giving you that information, and he's giving you that information to let you know that in, I think, the leagues that he's involved in, that he's a little leery of drafting Dalvin Cook. So I said, okay, fine. Alvin Kamara, that's the pick. Can't go wrong there. Saints offense, can't go wrong there. The, the engine of that offense, Alvin Kamara, catching passes, running the ball, Yes, he was hurt last year a little bit, but he's healthy. He's in camp. And then yesterday, get done with the show. And it turns out Alvin Kamara is not at camp. Why Why is he not at camp? He's upset with his contract. He wants to get paid. Now, apparently this has been going on for the last couple of days. So I I go back in the timeline. Well, what has happened in the last couple of days that would make Alvin Kamara feel differently about his time. And what would all of a sudden my draft was on Friday. He sat out Saturday, Sunday, Monday disaster. I told, did I tell you, did I inform you? Did I make it clear to you already paying immediate dividends? My disaster is already paying immediate dividends. Our poll question is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and it is football-related. Just 10 days, right, until the the season kicks off. Uh, And according to uh, the ESPN Power Rank, the preseason power rankings, ooh, the preseason power ranking, uh, Jets rank 27th, Giants rank 29th. So our poll question today, which team do you think has the better chance to exceed expectations? And today, a big day. On the station for uh, Giants coverage, we got uh, Joe Judge going to be on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He is scheduled to appear at 7.30. And then uh, later today on the drive home, the Michael K. Show, they will have not only Saquon Barkley, but we'll also have uh, Daniel Jones. So uh, a double duo of Big Blue on the, the Michael K. Show starting at 2.55. So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, uh, at least so far. I'm actually surprised that the Giants um, are uh, pulling away. 65-35 right now. Uh, maybe that's more pessimism than it is optimism for the Giants. It's pessimism 
surrounding the Jets and everything that's going on there with the injuries and uh, just the the general sense uh, surrounding uh, gangrene. I think it's pretty clear. Like, there's been already some focus on Livion Bell and, and, and Adam Gase. Do you think that at this point next year that Livion Bell will still be on the Jets? Because it doesn't seem like that way to me. I, I don't know what his con- – you'd have to look at his contract to see how much of a hit the Jets would have to take um, to, to move on from him. It just doesn't it, – it, it just never seemed like it got off to the right foot uh, or on the right foot, and uh, they're still looking for that foot. And there's only two feet, which you would think eventually it would be uh, – you would get on the right feet, but uh, no, always wrong. It's like me dancing, always on the wrong foot. So um, – yeah, it just seems like that's just uh, that move is just never going to work out. And it was telegraphed forever, and kind of ties into the the whole thing with um, with uh, Leonard Fournette as well. That uh, giving up uh, you know assets for running backs in the uh, modern NFL is usually not the right way to go, and certainly has not paid any dividends for the Jets so far. But we focused on the Yankees earlier today because of the struggles against Tampa, the uh, struggles for Garrett Cole last night. Although not to hear Aaron Boone tell you. But uh, maybe that's why <laughs> you have to take that with a grain of salt. But uh, the good news, as I'm sure there will be plenty of Yankee panic today that Garrett Cole has not lived up to his contract, which he's certainly not exceeded expectations. He's not lived up to expectations so far. But the good news is, is despite the injuries, despite the, the, the losses to Tampa, which is now six in a row and I think one in seven overall against them, uh, even with the rotation being a mess, even with the short season – Everything that is going wrong, that could possibly go wrong, including Garrett Cole, if you want to include that in the list. The Yankees, as you wake up today, their playoff odds are at 98.6%. And uh, the newsflash, the real takeaway is that the American League is already set. You already know the teams that will be in the American League playoffs, uh, and the Yankees will be among them. As for the Mets, they also lost yesterday 5-3 to the Marlins uh, and made some minor moves before the deadline. But uh, my takeaway from that, you know, for any criticism that Met fans would have about the, the the deals made or not made, you can't complain today. You can't say going into the trade deadline, I don't want Brody doing anything. And that's, I agree with you. I wouldn't want him doing anything with my team either. But you can't say that ahead of time. And then uh, when he doesn't essentially really do anything of any major value, you can't say you're upset. Uh, and, and now the question is, in a year where if you don't make the playoffs in baseball this year, that's embarrassing. That's bad. If you consider yourself a contender going into the year and you don't make the playoffs when you have all these teams going to the playoffs, that is an embarrassment. And with right now, with the way things stand right now, Mets still have a shot. They basically, as I said, the thing that they have going for them is that in the National League, it's next to impossible to play yourself out of it. There's basically one team in the National League that would need more than one good week to be back into contention, and that's the Pirates. They're the only team. Now the question is, are the Mets going to have a good week? Because they follow, you know, you would think after giving away the games they did over the weekend, you get DeGrom on the mound and you're going up against the Marlins, you would think, okay, here we go, and uh, they lost to the Marlins. So uh, they got uh, 25 games left, and they're now 15-20 and 20 while playing in, you'd have to say, the worst division in baseball. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We hit on the NBA stuff. We, I mean, we've been all over, all over the place today. But uh, let's uh, get some phone calls in, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Omar is in Brooklyn. Omar is up early this morning. What's going on, buddy? Hi, good morning. How are you? 
Oh, I'm I'm good. How are you? Your uh, your Yankee, remember your conversation? Well, they are the best team in uh, Major League Baseball. Just hand over the championship to them, and now well, yeah, you have to. The, the problem is, is that um, they oh, have not uh, they've not had the team. Oh, See, that's the oh, problem. Injury. Oh, oh they've not, they not had the team. Last time I heard, injuries is a part of a game. Yes. Oh, of course, absolutely, oh, and especially for okay. the Yankees. No, they and when, a bad, when, when the, done a bad when job you make, there. Absolutely, when you when you make the fun of remember three years back when medical staff of the Mets, <laughs> what happened to the medical staff of the Yankees? They changed the medical staff, and still the players are injured. <laughs> so laugh at it, and oh, what a great! You know job. what, Omar? When this show is over, I am going to join a public league on ESPN. Uh, mm-hmm. And just draft all Buffalo Bills to put my okay. fantasy football mush on that organization, from Josh Allen to Singletary to, to every single guy. I'm going to take. In, I'm going to join a league that has individual and defensive players. Let, let That's how deep a dive I'm going to I, I, I did see the power ranking. Where, where, is Buffalo, where is the Buffalo standing on uh, power ranking? Uh, I did not see. I did, okay. You know what? Because while they're technically in New York, nobody cares about them in New York. Okay. Buffalo and, and, is no. not really in New York. Uh, I, I call you for this reason, okay? okay. First, the, uh, now your tone has changed. You are talking 98% chance of making the playoffs. So you're uh, now oh, no, you're a lot. to realize it, okay? That's yeah, what you're, you're not talking about to be in. You're not talking about championship. You're not talking about anything. You're talking about making the playoffs. Okay. Well, I'm looking Yankees. at the landscape, and, and, and the landscape has changed. I, I still think the Yankees have a far a great chance of winning the World Series even this year, but... Things would have to, they have to get healthy and they have to stay healthy, which they've not they, shown that ability. See, I, they, I take a look at the evidence and then I form my opinions based on the evidence. Oh, they, that's they not pay, the approach of everybody. But they continue. Pay David Cole, uh, they pay Cole $80 million than anybody offered. So they were competing against themselves. You all right over I there? Call you, I, uh, yes, I call you for one reason. I call you for about. You should probably get to because the show's over at six. Let me let me clear you with the tanking. Final stand on tanking. I will rather be Oklahoma Thunder, who gave away their great players and have a lot of picks and compete for the fan base that come. This is not the year that the fan base is coming that are watching and stay with the even they don't make the playoffs. Or Miami Heat. Look at them. When everybody left, LeBron James left, everybody left. They did not tank. They tried to win. They were ninth seeded, then they make the playoffs, then they didn't make the playoffs, and now they are one up against Eastern Corner. I'd rather be Miami Heat. I'd rather be Oklahoma. Well, see, that's not really the, a fair comparison. Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, I mean, look, you're, you're, taking, you're taking a look at, and thanks for the call, you're taking a look at teams that have exceeded expectations, that have played well, and have good, well-run organizations. When you don't have those organizations, uh, when you don't have people running the show properly, there are benefits to tanking. The problem is that most people have not gotten those, they have not been willing to carry out, and the Sixers are the best example, they took all the heat that they took, for making the moves that they did, and then they did not see it to fruition. They did not allow Sam Henke to to carry out his plan. Disney's new movie, Mulan, experienced the legend of Mulan as she fights to defend her family and the kingdom, available to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock premier access. All right, that's going to do it for today. We've got some gremlins in the line today, so we'll cut things right here. Uh, certainly, it's, uh, 
Vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Uh, you can do that. The, po- the, uh, the podcast will be up a little bit later on as well, so certainly give a listen to that. We'll be back tomorrow. Wednesday means Florida Man, means headlines, so we'll have another jam-packed show tomorrow, and hopefully technologically it will work a little bit better. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.